are listening to The Breakfast Show on Faith FM. We've come into the second hour. It is currently 8.04 a.m. It is rainy and dreary and gross outside. I love it. Which is which is a bummer. No, no I was I'm like so having so it. much fun saying, we've come into the second hour and I see outside and it's sunny and beautiful and clear and amazing. <laughs> Kiss those days goodbye, Lawson. Now the winter is here. rainy and gross. Actually, funny story. So I was, you know, at home. On uh, on Saturday morning, and I'm like, you know, I'm going to go to church. Mm-hmm. I looked outside, and I'm like, oh, it's pretty overcast, but it's still dry. And I'm like, what do I have to do at church today? And I'm like, I don't have to play. You know, usually I'm either worship leading or preaching, or that, that's I'm either playing guitar and singing or preaching. I'm like, but I was do- doing neither of those things. The only thing I had to do that day was lead out in a discussion group. So I was like, you know what? I can ride my motorbike to church today. And so I get on my motorbike and, well, actually, I took my dad's bike and it's like a, a be- he's got like a beautiful like Ducati 1200 and I'm like, this is going to be so fun. And I get on my on the bike and I take off, I ride out of home and it starts bucketing down <laughs> so heavy. Now, that's not a problem for me. I can ride in the wet, like no, no biggie. But as I was riding, I'm thinking like, oh man, like there's nowhere like under the cover near where we are doing church, you know, to park the bike. And I'm like, I can't just leave my dad's bike out in the rain. Like, it's not too bad. Like, we talked about it after. Dad's like, oh, I don't really care. Like, bikes are made for that. But he's mm-hmm. like, but I'm just like, no, I can't do that. And so I got halfway to church and I was like, ah. Oh, and I turned around and went home and got my car. <laughs> <laughs> I was so upset. I was so sad. Like, Did I was, you get changed as well into some dry clothes? Oh, well, I, like, took, because I had, like, my motorbike jacket oh. on. Like, I've got, like, a big motorbike jacket. I've got, like, oh, man, i got all the gear. <laughs> Um, I had to take everything off and change. I got to, ch- I well, because I get there early to help, like, set up the AV and whatnot, because mm-hmm. our church, we uh, go in university. Like, we, we do church in the university, so we're having to set up our AV equipment every single week. And so I got there a little bit late and whatnot. But God's still blessed. We had an amazing day at church, but I was so bummed. Yeah, I mean, this should be a message to all people who think that driving two wheels is better than four. <laughs> uh, well, just because of weather? Just uh, it's, I, I'm a staunch motorcycle Loather. Hater. 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 I'm very much with the guys from Top Gear on this one. Really? Just get a car already. <laughs> I, am, I am shocked. I am speechless. And I am, I am personally hurt. I uh, personally don't but, care. But, uh, okay, anyways, um, let's, <laughs> let's get so into our fourth now. clue for the quiz, I'll tell, you, I'll tell you why I like the rainy weather, though. Like, going off of that interview, the rain really helps me sleep. I oh, get a much awesome. better sleep when there's, like, white noise, like rain, like natural white noise. Mm. Yeah. So I, I love a good rainy day and a rainy night. But let's do the quiz. Who am I? Fourth clue today. King Nebuchadnezzar was my father. Mm. Okay. Yeah, this kind of sounds a bit Star Warsy, doesn't it? I'm your father. <laughs> 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 wait, 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 wait. Read that again. King Nebuchadnezzar was my father. That is an incorrect clue. Is it really? Yep. Oh. That is an incorrect clue. This person was actually the grandson of King Nebuchadnezzar. This person's oh. father was a guy named Nabonidus, who isn't mentioned in the Bible. And this is where we see uh, history lining up so much with 
um, with the Bible because a lot of people accused the Bible and said, oh, Nabonidus was the king after Nebuchadnezzar, not this person. Mm-hmm. But we know that the Bible actually is making this point, as we said before in the earlier clue. The reason he offers Daniel the third place in the kingdom is because this person was reigning under his father Nabonidus. Okay. So he is right. the grandson. Let me try this again. King Nebuchadnezzar was my grandfather. There you go. There's some, yeah. there's some history to start you off on, some biblical history to start you off on a beautiful Monday morning. And 0491064669. You yes. can get into the pri- uh, into the draw to win the prize, which is the Growing in Jesus two-volume book set written mm. by Mark and Ernestine Finley. King Nebuchadnezzar was my grandfather. That's we right. We should get a pen and correct this card. I have a quiz card. <laughs> That's awesome. Know. Well, hey, let's read uh, some of your guys' text message. Um, I'm with you there, Mon, on giving blood and plasma. You used to give Amen. regular, but life got busy with work and study and children. Uh, need to make time again, though. Yeah, it's it doesn't take very long. I, I signed up. To, yeah. to give you and I going together Thursday to Thursday well, Thursday I noon I don't know if we're going together but what do you mean <laughs> it's always more fun with a friend <laughs> it's not a date Lawson don't get excited <laughs> we're just friends <laughs> all right uh, next text message here <laughs> new government say goodbye to religious freedoms the only mm. government we should vote for is God's government and uh, you won't find it on the world's ballot and I. Totally agree. Vote for it in your prayers. That's right. Um, you have a decision to be a part of the kingdom of heaven. It has been extended to you, and you can go to Jesus right now and 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 vote. You can be, you know, uh, in in China they have the you know the the Chinese Communist Party, the CCP, and you can you can become a member of that. Like even though you're not a parliamentary member, but you become a member, and then that kind of gives you a bit of an elevated status. You like the younger you are, the kind of like the you need to if you're like 18 and you want to be a CCP member, you have to like be the top of your school and da 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 da. Mm. I have a friend who's a CCP member. But, guys, you can become a member of the kingdom of heaven. Oh, and yeah. it's, it's a gift. You just need to reach out to Jesus. Last text message here. It says, The European Union anti-Christian win. Welcome to the new world order. Consider that now we have... Europe, China, India, the Middle East, and the Western governments and others against Christians. We only have one escape route, and that is up. I totally agree. We only have one way. Again, you, you know, you can you can become a uh, a minister and join the European Union, or you can join God's. Uh, you can join the Kingdom of Heaven. Amen. Well, right now, we are going to jump into the Bible. We are going to continue on in the Book of Genesis, and when we left off last week was we talked about Rebecca. Yeah. And those camels. Oh, all and, those camels, And man. the watering. Now, uh, this week's 20 million movement lesson, as as is usual as we do our 20 million movement lesson, we don't get all the way through here on Faith FM. You know, we, we make our way through and then we kind of fall back uh, we, because we love talking about stuff. Uh, we try not to get sidetracked, but we just love talking and, and discussing these amazing stories. Now, at the end of that story, ultimately, Rebecca... She comes back and she ends up becoming Isaac's wife. Mm. Uh, that's that is what she that's what she does. That that's her 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 end. Um, and as Isaac's wife, uh, there's a few stories that go on. I think particularly. Hey, let's let's read verse twenty, uh, chapter twenty six. Um, you you want to read for us? Oh, this is really this is really interesting. Um, do you want to read verse six to? Let's let's read verse six to eight. We're going to read uh, chapter 20. chapter twenty six, verse six to eight. We're going to miss a bunch of stuff. 
Yeah. Why? Well, this is actually, we're going to skim through okay. the story of Isaac because we're trying to get to Jacob. That's who we're trying to get oh, to. Why is Skipping Isaac? He's got good stuff with Esau. He, he's got good stuff, but, birthright. but like our, our 20 million movement lesson, we've got to stay on point. 20 million people okay. studying the same okay, part of the Bible enough. in the same way. We shouldn't have talked about camels for so long. <laughs> yeah, that's right. We okay. got caught up in the camels. But do you want to read? Genesis yeah, 26, 26 verse 6. So Isaac stayed in Gerar. Uh-huh. And continue. Oh, I said 26 <laughs> to 28. Thank you. Okay. Wait. T- chapters 26 to 28. No. Chapter 26, <laughs> verse 6 to verse 8. Okay. You said 28. <laughs> when the man who lived there asked Isaac about his wife, Rebecca, he said, she is my sister. He was afraid to say she is my wife. He thought they will kill me to get her because she is so beautiful. But sometime later, Abimelech, king of the Philistines, looked out his window and saw Isaac caressing Rebekah. Immediately, Abimelech called for Isaac and exclaimed, She's obviously a wife. Why did you say she is my sister? Because I was afraid someone would kill me to get her from me, Isaac replied. How could you do this to us? Abimelech exclaimed. One of my people might easily have taken your wife and slept with her, and you would have made us guilty of great sin. Then Abimelech issued a public proclamation. Anyone who touches this man or his wife will be put to death. Awesome. Okay, so we see uh, some 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 ghosts of the past here right yeah. now. Like, uh, well, basically, we this story is much more famously told in the life of Abraham. Yeah, I didn't actually know this happened. And Rebecca, mm-hmm. and, uh, no, sorry, Abraham and Sarah and Egypt. Literally, the exact same, same thing. thing happens. Yeah. Now it's Abimelech, the Philistines, they're in the land of Gerar, so they haven't left and gone down to Egypt. In fact, at the start of this chapter, it tells them, "Please don't go to Egypt." Uh, please, God is like, please, Isaac, please don't leave for Egypt where we see the, the exact same thing take place. So we can see this, uh, yeah, some some generational relationship incompetency here and some uh, generational cowardice. Uh, but ultimately, you know, Isaac comes through and he is a, a faithful guy. You're listening to Faith FM, positively different radio. Now, before this point, you know, this is Isaac, you know, he's living his life before this point, because, you know, we're going to see Isaac progressively age until the, until the point where he passes away. And there's a very significant event that happens just before he dies, uh, which is the, the blessing of Jacob. But the question is, how did Jacob come into that blessing? Because was Jacob the oldest son? Did, you know, did Jake, so, so you have Abraham and then he has a son named Isaac and then Isaac has two sons. And what are, what are their name, Monica? Uh, Esau. Esau and? Jacob. Esau and Jacob. He's two sons, Esau and Jacob. Now, they were twins. Uh, they weren't identical. They were fraternal. Um, Jacob was a little bit more of a kind of cool, calm, collected, kind of a bit more of an artsy guy. Um, yeah, the Bible says he has a quiet temperament and he preferred to stay at home. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. It sounds like someone else I know. Shell. Uh, producer, <laughs> producer Shell. Producer Shell. Uh, no, Monica thought I was going to say her. I was like, me? Because <laughs> you don't even have a home. That's how much I hate staying at home. <laughs> well, I guess it's way. I guess it's kind of none of us here. We're, none of us kind of fit into that category. Shell, do you like staying home? Would you say you have a quiet temper? Oh, yeah, she's kind of nodding. I don't know. Shell's really funny. But, you know, you just got to know her personally. And then she's like, 
Just the funniest person ever. I personally wouldn't necessarily describe Michelle as a homebody. Yeah, neither do I. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But, but I just know that she, she just, but she also, she just... doesn't like travel as much as I do. I know uh-huh. that. Uh-huh. There's a lot of countries she'd be like, nah, I'm not going there. Whereas I'm like, sign me up for all of them. <laughs> but she's also like, functions so well in the home as well. She, I think I think because she, she has a really great sort of um, taste and design eye. And so her home is like on point. Amazing. We are so off track right now. Yeah, yeah. We're just, we're just complimenting producer <laughs> Shell. Um, whereas, so this is this is the description of Jacob. And then we see Esau on the other hand. The Bible calls him a, a hunter, a kind of grisly wild man, a bit of a redhead as well. He says he was an outdoorsman who enjoyed eating wild game. That's right. And That's not Shell either. <laughs> That's, Shell That's might be American. <laughs> Shell might be American, but that is not that is not yeah. her life. She's, She's not, not rolling around in the bush shooting things. Yeah, and being like, That's right. Great. That, that, that is definitely Mr. Southwell. Uh, yeah. <laughs> we're looking forward to coming back, uh, you know, yeah. during during the week. But okay, so we've got these this, this tale of two sons here. Very very different. But ultimately, uh, they are pretty much almost the same in terms of age. You know, they were twins. One came out before the other. Uh, but now a little bit of a situation happens over the birthright. Uh, so let's read in verse 29. Let's read from like verse 29 to 34. Swear that you will not harm us just as you we have never troubled you. We have always treated you well and we sent you away from us in is this t- This is... 20, 26. 26. Now we're on to 25, sorry. I was wondering where you were going. 29 to 34. <laughs> One day when Jacob was cooking some stew, Esau arrived home from the wilderness exhausted and hungry. Esau said to Jacob, I'm starved. Give me some of that red stew. This is how Esau got his other name, Edom, which means red. All right, Jacob replied, but trade me your rights as the firstborn son. Look, I'm dying of starvation, said Esau. What good is my birthright <clears throat> to me now? But Jacob said, first, you must swear that your birthright is mine. So Esau swore an oath, thereby selling all his rights as a firstborn to his brother Jacob. Then Jacob gave Esau some bread and lentil stew. Esau ate the meal and then got up and left. He showed contempt for his rights as a firstborn. What a sneaky guy. <laughs> Woo! I think he knew. That. Like, I think Esau was in that state of mind where he was just so hungry. You're like, I'll do anything, just give me something to eat. Wow. And then afterwards you have regret. This, this guy is definitely, you know, when you just eat too much, <laughs> yeah. this guy ate too much. You know what eating cost him? His birthright, mm-hmm. uh, which is, yeah, this, this guy, he, he gave up too much to eat this. Actually, this is more of a, a buyer's regret experience where yeah. like he's paid, he's paid too much for this soup. Yeah. For the stew of lentils, <laughs> definitely. Oh man, I have like some some horror mm. stories about paying too much for food. It's like literally the worst thing that can happen. I feel like like <laughs> possibly the possibly the most aggregate aggravating thing ever. You really, literally sound like Esau right now, who was I, like, "I'm dying of starvation," <clears throat> when he was just a bit hungry. That's right. That's right. Yeah. But oh it's man, the worst thing you could have I've before. I've paid too much for food before, and I've been bitterly disappointed. But have you I, sold your birthright? But I didn't sell my birthright for yeah. it. No, not that our system works like this the question is though what is the birthright yeah what is the birthright yeah it is a good question well essentially the birthright uh in this time of society uh, up until inheritance thing right that's right it's an inheritance but it's also very spiritual um it is very spiritual in terms of like lineage and and their religion and whatnot Uh, up until this point they have what's called the priesthood of the firstborn when when it comes to the time of Moses and the Exodus and the establishment of the nation of Israel, it becomes the priesthood of the Levites 
and we see Aaron and Aaron's sons, you know, they function as the high priests and the rest of the Levites function as, you know, temple workmen and servicemen. But at this point, um, there is this priesthood of the firstborn where the firstborn is religiously, um, spiritually the head of the rest of his family, even, you know, his siblings and their, their families and whatnot, you know. And uh, this is kind of, yeah, just an interesting thing taking place. And we see remnants of this today in terms of, uh, yeah, just how different names function. Like there are, there are many countries where they have two last names and it's this idea of like, you know, you have the identity of the firstborn, you know, as like this set of particular cousins or whatever it may be. Um, and we, we're seeing this take place in this story where, yeah, whoever is the firstborn, they receive this birthright and they become a representative of the estate, um, of their, of their ancestors. So, you know, you've had Abraham, he's lived, he's, you know, passed away. Now you've got Isaac. He's lived, you know, he's inherited the estate of Abraham as well, which is incredibly wealthy and, and whatnot. Um, but also, you know, the religious and political and, you know, monetary responsibility of, of everything that the, fa- the family entails. Um, that is what the birthright is completely wrapped up in you know that that's what that's that's kind of the package of the birthright is is the money the inheritance obviously everyone gets inheritance but you become in charge um of everything and now esau is the firstborn so therefore he's he's the next in line particularly if you look at like you know this family that would become a nation esau is also this is also a representation of the monarchy as well of the patriarchs like if if we we know at this time that there wasn't a kingdom of the Israelites or, or anything. In fact, it was Jacob who would become Israel, Israel and his sons would be the 12 tribes of, of Israel. But yeah, it's kind of like Esau as well functions as the, the patriarch, the monarch of the family, the king. Uh, that's what the birthright entails. And that's what Esau has because he is the firstborn. Now, this is a lot of responsibility. This is a lot of inherent privilege. This is a lot of money, a lot of everything. And this guy Esau, he's like, bro, I'm hungry. <laughs> he's like, dude, I am hungry and I'm going to give this up right now for food. It's a lot to give up just for some stew. That's right. Yeah. And it shows here, like, I guess. Lentils aren't really not that great. We can, uh, we can get to good, heaven. but not that great. We can get to heaven and ask Esau, like, hey, so was it, uh, was it worth it? He might say yes. I don't know. <laughs> he might be like, yes. I feel like um, I feel like a lot of like Hollywood movies and stories almost follow this sort of storyline where like they have like the, the the first in line to the throne. And he doesn't want to. He just wants to go off and do his own thing. Yeah. So he's like, just give it to me, younger and mother. He, or something. He's usually the protagonist. Yeah. That's um, right. But the protagonist of this story is Jacob. Mm-hmm. But you know, he has his. Uh, his beginnings are not very humble. They're not very, you know, he is not like the, the startup brother of the king who <laughs> took, no, no, no. He actively deceived yeah. Esau. And that's why. I don't think he deceived him so much. It took advantage of him. That's right. Yeah. Oh, totally. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. He, he took advantage of the situation. Um, but yeah, the name Jacob actually means deceiver as well. Oh, yeah. Uh, because he would go on to do some deceiving yeah, he did in later his on. interactions mm-hmm. with his father. Because the, the next. So, so basically, what Jacob accomplishes here is okay, like official, legal, binding, he has the birthright, you know, between him and his brother. If anyone comes up and asks him or his brother who has the birthright, you know, according to their oaths and their words, it's now Jacob. Uh, but does that mean that Isaac will still bless him 
with the birthright because this is like the final the final thing that needs to take place in officiating uh this transfer of the birthright and the patriarchy is this interaction that needs to take place with Isaac where Isaac blesses Jacob um and you know sets him forth on his path to to be the patriarch of their estate um what would you know later become the 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 nation of the Israelites we're going to see how that interaction takes place You're listening to The Breakfast Show Podcast on Faith FM, positively different. And right now, it is time for our final clue for the quiz, which, Monica, give it to us. I saw a hand appear from nowhere and write on my palace wall, many, many tekel parsin. My name begins with B. Oh, okay. Mm, So Two in one. This person has a boss-ass name. Yeah. I love it. Yeah, um, me too, actually. I'm uh, super into it. So, 0491-064-669 is the number to call or text if you know the answer. And if they do know the answer and they get it correct, what can they win? Uh, a chance to go in the big draw. Yep. And as a result, if they go in the big draw and they win the big draw, what will they win? They can win the uh, two-volume set, Growing in Jesus, two wonderful books uh, on how to become more like Jesus by studying his life, written by Mark and Ernestine Awesome. 0491-064-669. Oh, I have another text message here. This is uh, interesting stuff. Lawson, some cultures called them sons, even if son or grandson. I think it's because God only has children and not grandchildren. Now, that is Ooh. a fantastic point. This is real, actually regarding the, the quiz clip when we were like <laughs> mm-hmm. disputing with it. Um, I would be hazardous to make the point that it's because God only has children because... It's this person was the grandson of not God, but Nebuchadnezzar. Yeah. Um, yeah. I'm going to oh. say it's a bit typo from the uh, quiz printing place. Yeah. Oh, but it says in some cultures called them sons, even if son or grandson. And so, so the Bible calls this person the son of Nebuchadnezzar, even though we know he's the grandson. grandson. Gotcha. Uh, but that's the thing is that the clue is saying also that mm-hmm. it's his Son, mm-hmm. this isn't the Bible. This is the the clue, the the quiz clue question. So yeah, interesting. So we know it's a typo. We just know it's a typo from them. Uh, but yeah, zero four nine one zero six four six six nine. If you know who this is, give us a call or a text. Uh, but hey, let's jump back into the Bible because we're going to read about. Okay, Jacob, he's pulled off part one of the heist here. <laughs> He's he's heisted the birthright. He's uh-huh. he's 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 pulled it out. But it's now, a long know, play. yeah, yeah, that's right. He's uh, he you know, he's he's stolen the unmarked bills, so to speak. But you know, now he needs to deposit them in a bank. Um, he needs to, <laughs> he needs to bank the bills. He needs to bank the birthright. He's the lord of them. First. That's right. Um, and the only way that that can take place is if he receives it from his father Isaac. Now, what's the way he went about this? You know, what what are the possible ways he could have gone about this? He could have told Isaac the truth. He could have been like, hey, dad, like immediately after, by the way, like, yeah. because there's actually a very long time mm-hmm. uh, between him receiving the birthright and him being blessed by Isaac. In fact, yeah. he gets blessed by Isaac just before he, just before Isaac dies. Mm-hmm. Um, he could have just come out straight up and said, hey, uh, dad, um, yeah, basically I got the birthright from Esau. Um, he could have just done it straight up like that, yeah. but we know that he doesn't. And the thought is, well, what, what, for what reason? Why doesn't he just come straight out? What, what do you reckon, Monica? I reckon his dad would have been like, nah, that's not how it works. And just sort of 
disregarded their little lentil stew buy-off. Or potentially could have made, you know, him sell it back. Yeah, or punished him for taking advantage of Esau. That's right. There's a number of things that could have taken place. Um, Usually the reason we don't tell our parents something is because we're trying to avoid getting in trouble. That's right. And I think, honestly, like, Isaac, we know, is a faithful guy who follows the Lord, but also can make huge blunders. And I think from Isaac's perspective, okay, you've got a guy in one hand who is quiet and thoughtful and spends time at the camp. And then you've got Esau on the other hand. So you've got like Jacob and then Esau on the other hand, who's like a great hunter and, you know, a skilled warrior. From Isaac's perspective, like in terms of who is going to lead his family, he's probably already made his choice. He's see like great, amazing warrior versus like homebody. Like, but in the same breath, it does also say that Esau showed contempt for his birthright. Mm. Yeah, that's right. So yeah. it wasn't necessarily that like Esau was 100% stoked at the time. We right. know that from this point forward, there is some, some definite issues that mm-hmm. arise between Jacob and Esau over this point. Uh, but for right, at that moment where he sold it, he was like, oh... You know, he was going through a rebellious phase. You know, we're talking about the, you know, this sounds like a Hollywood script with of the king, like, rejecting the birthright because he wants to do his own thing. Like, he sees a perfect out. Mm-hmm. And Jacob, you know, takes advantage of the situation. But now, when it comes to actually receiving the blessing of the birthright, I think, as we've said, there's been a great time period between those two events. And Esau would have definitely grown up by then and realized like, oh man, I made a bit of a blunder yeah. and a bit of a mistake. We don't even necessarily know how old Esau was. Like they could have been like 13. Mm-hmm. Honestly, this sounds like 13 year old <laughs> behavior. Like it's true actually. Yeah. Like he's out there like shooting, teenage boys shooting stupid. game with his bow and arrow. And then he's like, ah, oh, I hate the birthright. I'm going to give it away because you know, oh, look, I'll get some soup for it. Like it could have been funny to him. Um, like, yeah, it's, you know, he's sticking it to the man. But by this point, like, we, and we know by Esau's later actions that definitely, like, yeah, he probably wanted to keep that. Mm-hmm. Um, but again, Jacob needs to pull off the heist. Jacob needs to, to get out, uh, with this birthright. And the time in which he goes and does it, the, the timing in which he goes and does it is right before Isaac dies. So let's pick it up in chapter 27 and let's read. Uh, maybe the first four verses. One day when Isaac was old and turning blind, he called for Esau, his older son, and said, My son. Yes, father, Esau replied. I am an old man now, Isaac said, and I don't know when I may die. Take your bow and a quiver full of arrows and go out into the open country to hunt some game for me. Prepare my favorite dish and bring it here for me to eat. Then I will pronounce the blessing that belongs to you, my firstborn son, before I die. Okay, so there has been no information that has gone back to Isaac. Regarding the selling of the birthright. Sorry. Mm -hmm. Excuse me. Bless you. Excuse me. Uh, But yeah, there's been no information that's gone back. I think this story has very much stayed in the circle of Jacob, Esau, and we're going to find out Rebecca, the mother as well. Um, but this is this hasn't gone out to anyone, and it, ha- it des- definitely hasn't come back to Isaac mm-hmm. because he's like, oh yeah, I'm gonna bless, I'm gonna bless Esau. Yeah, and people might be wondering why Rebecca would not have told Isaac, but there was a quite a bit of issue with favoritism with the parents. Yeah. The father favored the wild son, and the mother favored the docile son. 
That's right. And we definitely, you know, we can understand that there would be, like, dysfunctionality and family issues, particularly because we saw what took place in the previous chapter where, you know, uh, Isaac's like, this isn't my wife, this is my sister, Mm -hmm. don't kill me. Like, there definitely was dysfunctionality going on at this time, favoritism going on at this time, you know, kind of built the profile in the case before that, yeah, Isaac would have definitely preferred to have given the the birthright to Esau because Esau was more of a leader. Like from the outside well, looking was in, his favorite. He liked that he was yeah. this wild, strong hunter yeah, guy. That's yeah. right. That's yeah. right. Um, and so he he commands him here. Hey, go out, and make me some savory food. Uh, oh, hunt some game. Turn into a stew. Make me. I don't know. Well, what, what would he put in the stew? Maybe like a deer stew or. Something like this, bovine Whatever wild stew. Ga- wild game is. That's right. Uh, go out, get some, get some game, and uh, bring it back, and and we're gonna eat it, and I'm gonna bless you. Uh, so you know, he goes out. Esau leaves, and now let's read the next couple of verses. Do you want to pick it up in verse five for us? But Rebecca overheard what Isaac said had said to his son Esau. So when Esau left to hunt for the wild game, she said to her son Jacob. Listen, I overheard your father say to Esau, bring me some wild game and prepare me a delicious meal. Then I will bless you in the Lord's presence before I die. Now, my son, listen to me. Do exactly as I tell you. Go out to the flocks and bring me two fine young goats. I'll use them to prepare your father's favorite dish. Then take the food to your father so he can eat it and bless you before he dies. Okay, so we (laughs) see a conspiracy starting and we're going to pick up on that tomorrow. You're listening to The Breakfast Show Podcast on Faith FM, positively different. Before we get into questions today, I have a couple of text messages to run through here. Uh, One that says, I grew up in Palmerston North, rainy weather reminds me of home. And I'm with you, Mon, about the white noise effect of the Mm. the rain while going to sleep. It's the best, isn't it? It's all right. Sometimes in the evening when it starts to rain, I like race to get to bed so I can still catch it. I like silence. <laughs> I bet that's the thing I can sleep in. I can sleep in any conditions. Um, and another text message here says, I thought Isaac died around the time of Jacob and Esau's reconciliation. And you're totally correct. You are totally right. Um, but I believe, you know, in this, in this story, um, I think I, we were just making the point that Jacob definitely takes advantage of Isaac's advanced age. Uh, when, you know, receiving the birthright, uh, we, we will go on to talk about tomorrow. But right now, it is time for... Question of the Day. All right, what's our question? I'm so ready to hit you with this one. Uh-huh. <laughs> this is coming in from listener Chris. Thanks, Chris, for sending this in. I have heard that camels actually didn't get domesticated till after the time of Abraham's servant went on the mission to find a wife for Isaac. Any thoughts on that? Now, we just read this story, and this is a heavy question, and this has been a a consistent attack against the biblical account since around the you know, the the twenty tens, um, you'll see some different uh articles from like National Geographic and the New York Times and whatnot that are like, camels have no business being in the Bible, you know, in the time of uh Abraham, because you know, the 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 time of the patriarchs is between twenty one hundred and sixteen hundred BCE. Uh so you know, before the common era, um be, you know, twenty one hundred years before Jesus, around that time is when the story of the patriarchs took place. And there is a lot of evidence to suggest that camels weren't domesticated in the land of Egypt 
and in the land of Canaan until the 10th century BCE. Now, the important thing to remember, because people see that and they're like, Abraham was in Canaan, Abraham was in Egypt, they didn't domesticate camels there, the Bible's wrong. But the question is, is Abraham from Canaan and is Abraham from Egypt? No. Where's he from? Uh, what's it called? Um, Nahor, Jahor, or some of that? Mesopotamia. Oh. That's like, that's like. the actual like, city that the. Yeah, 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 that's right. He's from the, from us. Uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, but yeah, he is from an area called Mesopotamia, which is, you know, one of the big kind of oldest empires that ever existed. And the question is, okay, Abraham isn't from Canaan. Abraham isn't from Egypt. Abraham's from Mesopotamia. And at what time do we have evidence of them domesticating camels? And the question is, uh, sorry, the answer is a lot older, <laughs> a lot before 2100 BCE. I just have a, a oh. few a few different references here. Um, the first pieces of evidence for camel domestication comes from a site um, in modern Iraq, a plaque from the mid-third millennia. Um, so, like, this is, like, you know, third millennia BC, BCE, around this time, um, shows camels being ridden by humans. Um, another source uh, is a 21st century um, BCE text from, this is a hectic name, it says Pozrish Dagan um, in modern Iraq that that talks about camel deliveries taking place. Um, then thirdly, uh, an 18th century BCE text quoting from an earlier third millennium text um, from Nippur in modern Iraq says the milk of camels is sweet. Um, Shavalas explains why he thinks this is likely referring to domesticated camels. Um, and uh, just a quote here, it says, having walked in many... Having walked in many surveys through camel herds in Syria along the middle of the Euphrates River, I believe that this text is describing domesticated camels. Who would want milk from a wild camel? Who would who would even attempt to milk a wild camel? Um, at the very least, the Bactrian camel was very used for dairy needs at this time. So we can see, like, coming out of the area in which Abraham was from, even though they didn't domesticate camels down in Egypt, they did in Mesopotamia. And we have a bunch more records to, you know, even, like, carvings into stone and pictures from the uh, the 17th century BCE um, that sees camels being domesticated and used for food, used for transport and travel. And so consistently we see that, yes, camels were used at this time, just not in Egypt or Canaan which completely makes sense with the story of Abraham because that's not where he's from. Remember, as we work your way through this rainy Monday morning, spend time with Jesus. And also, guys, remember to talk faith, to live faith, and to act faith, and you will grow strong in Jesus Christ. God be with you till we meet again. Counsel's guide uphold you with the sheep securely fold you. God be with you till we meet again. Until we meet again at Jesus' feet. God be with you till we meet again. Thanks for being a part of the Faith FM family. Join our community on Facebook or get in touch at 1 800 Faith FM.